So today on The War on Weight, we have Riley Malario in the house. Y'all are going to love her. She is an expert in love, education, and relationships. You know, we talk all the time about how not to eat our emotions. And when I met Riley, I just knew that her technique would be so good for you. We talk about all the time how to stop eating your emotions. And it's difficult. Sometimes you just really need to figure out how you can do that and do it in a way that's simple. And Riley has that for us. So I'm so excited to have her here. She is from the UK. She's been featured in many magazines and in many platforms. She's a speaker. She's an author. I think you're just really going to love her. I mean, she's got a great technique and she's going to give you literally at one point during this interview, I said, I think you just gave them $10,000 worth of coaching in a 30 minute session. So I know you're going to love it. We've got lots of free tools for you and free resources that I'm putting in the show notes for this one. So let's jump into the episode. I know you're going to love her just as much as I do. Hey sister, welcome to the war on weight. Do you want to find some motivation to finally lose your extra pounds? Do you want to feel great in your favorite pair of jeans? Do you want some weight loss that's actually sustainable? Have you given up that any program will ever work for you? Well, I'm Keitha and I'm your new best friend. I've spent a lifetime on the losing side of the battle. I felt frustrated, exhausted, self-conscious, and despite any success I had in life, I felt like a failure, but I finally won the war. How did I do it, you ask? I discovered how to implement simple, healthy habits, how to completely revamp my mindset, and embrace some things that were causing me to turn to food over and over again. Lastly, I discovered how to make nutrition really super simple. And after just a few short months of fueling my body properly, I dropped more than 50 pounds and I'm maintaining it by practicing all the healthy habits you're going to learn on this podcast. So if you're tired of feeling like a prisoner in your own body, you're buying clothes to hide your body, not celebrate it. You're done having your weight affect all your relationships with others and more importantly with yourself. You no longer want to eat your feelings and then beat yourself up about it. Then this is the podcast for you. Let's armor up, sister, and fight this war on weight together. Tell my listeners who you are, where you are, and a little bit about what you do. Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the work that you do. It's so important, and I'm really grateful to be a part of it. So my name is Riley Molinario. I'm a love educator and relationship coach. I work with couples to teach them exactly how to create thriving relationships without fighting, boredom, or negativity. I am from the United States. I grew up with my mother and my stepfather in a very abusive and neglectful household. I ended up leaving home when I was 16 and trying to make it in the world on my own. I ended up going to Spain, to Barcelona, Spain, and living there and really discovering who I was and what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I now live in the UK with my amazing husband, but I'm currently in Tenerife, Spain, enjoying the warm weather because it's just too cold there. It's too dark. It's too cold. So I've escaped and am getting some sun for the next few months. That is awesome. I would need to escape and get some sun right now in Nebraska. It's really, really cold. As you know, I live in the dead center of the United States. I am a Southern girl. And as you can, with this Southern accent, the, but I live in central Nebraska. And so it's been rather cold this week, actually, for this time of year. It's in, it's been hitting 40 during the day, which is extremely warm. Like two weeks ago, it was like three. So it's very different weather. I'm only slightly jealous of where you are right now, but I'm just so glad because of technology that we can have this conversation. Yes, me too. Me too. So what time is it where you are? 
It is 4.41 p.m. Okay. All right. So not too terribly bad. Not terribly off. So we're six hours difference. So you're Mm -hmm. six hours ahead of us. The main reason I wanted to bring you onto the show was because when I think about the War on Weight, this podcast, the reason I created the podcast was because I had battled my weight for so long and finally was able to lose that weight. And there were so many resources that were available to me, but you know they're not easy to find. And so I created this, this podcast so it would be a place where women could go to get all kinds of resources around their eating issues, many ways for them to lose weight, how different, you know, how they can tackle different issues. And what I really, what really stood out to me in your, all of what you offer is that I don't know for I'm sure all the women, if they could raise their hand when they're listening is when they get into a fight with their husband or their spouse or their significant other or their boss or at their best friend, the first thing they do is run for the ice cream or the chips or the drive through And I have a history of binging. And so a lot of my listeners, of course, I tend to have a lot of those type of listeners. And so those arguments, because what we either shove the emotions far so far down and we never resolve the issues or we eat through it. So I really thought that what you could do is really kind of help us with that a little bit. So we hear all the time now, the big buzzword is emotional intelligence. The word that you use is relationship intelligence. So explain that to us a little bit. Yes. So relationship intelligence is very similar to emotional intelligence, but it's when we are talking about relationships with people, whether that's the relationship with ourselves, our partner, our children, our friends, our neighbors, it's the ability to navigate our relationships successfully. So when we have relationships, we often don't realize that most of the time when we're suffering in those relationships, whether it's the relationship with ourselves or other people, it's because there's a lack of information. Because society hasn't set us up for success, we really are struggling and we're seeing that we're struggling more and more with the relationships that we do have. When I was growing up, I suffered a lot from anxiety and depression. I ended up getting to the point where I had a suicide attempt because of the environment that I grew up in. It was very chaotic and very stressful and very neglectful. And I didn't have that ability to really create a beautiful relationship with myself or other people. Like you, I fell into having a binge eating disorder and it was extremely terrifying for me because I've always been a healthy person. I'm vegan. I love to exercise. I just told you earlier that I did a four hour hike today. And so on the outside, people would never guess that I had this binge eating disorder for many years because I didn't maybe look like I had, you know, this disorder, but It was really because I was struggling with that relationship with myself. And when we're talking about relationship intelligence, we're talking about the ability to navigate our relationships successfully. That starts with you. It starts with you navigating your own relationship with yourself. So the first two pillars of relationship intelligence are self-awareness and self-management. So if you get into a fight with someone, you want to be able to recognize, how do I feel in this moment? How am I feeling? And and when people say, I feel bad or I feel angry, this is a good first step, but we want to go deeper. Are you angry because you're disappointed? Are you angry because you're frustrated? Are you angry because you feel jealous or envy? 
So when we are able to identify more specifically how we feel, it's sort of like diagnosing our emotions and being able to heal those emotions by using self-management, which is the second pillar. So first I want to identify, how do I feel? I feel disappointed. I feel jealous. I feel you know frustrated with self-management. Now, what am I going to do about it? I didn't have this skill when I was growing up because I, I didn't either from my parents that, you know, I learned from my mom that when you're frustrated, you throw something or you yell or you tell someone, you know, to F off and all of those things. So I didn't realize I have an opportunity here just because I'm angry. doesn't mean I have to throw something just because I'm frustrated. It doesn't mean I have to eat a piece of chocolate cake just because I'm sad. It doesn't mean I have to smoke a pack of cigarettes. I get to choose. And so this was something that I didn't realize when I was younger. I didn't even know that it it existed. I was very impulsive. I think like a lot of us growing up, we just see that we have these emotions and we spontaneously react to them, right? We we react without really realizing in this moment, I, I can choose. So relationship intelligence first starts with that relationship with yourself, recognizing that your emotions are yours. They're your responsibility. They're yours to have, but it also gives you the power because if they're yours to have, then you have the power to manage them in whatever way that you want to. You know, it's interesting because I did not know that you had a history of binging. Like I was just listening going, interesting. You know, I've said that I believe that everyone knew I was a binger. They'd look at me and say, well, she has to, has to be a binger. What I've learned is no one even had a clue. You know, I I didn't talk about it. Never would I talk about it, but it's interesting. But that was what I learned how to cope. That's how I learned to process emotion. So very interesting to hear how you're, how you learned different behaviors. And, you know, I learned a lot of those behaviors of just make everybody happy. Just keep Mm -hmm. everybody happy all around me. Everybody needs to be happy. And I never realized that I did have like the opportunity I love the word that you use. I had the opportunity to honor my own feelings and honor my own situations and get myself out of situations that I didn't want to be in. Mm -hmm. And it's just wonderful you're doing this work because so many people need it. I relate to how I, when I started working through my binging is that, you know, I look at what, when I feel a binge coming on, what do, you know, what's wrong, you know, what's wrong, what's going on and what do I really need? So same kind of, principles that, that that you're talking about. And so I know from personal experience, it is life-changing. So this is, this is good. So you have a free workbook on your website, which I'll put in the show notes. And it walks us through how the seven steps of how to resolve, you call it the power couple technique, but we're talking in general relationships to right now. So let's walk through the seven ways like you were talking about in this in this workbook about how we can practice this because you give in the workbook you give like practice scenarios so tell us how we use the workbook and how we get started with it yes so the workbook is called relationships without fighting we have been led into a misbelief that relationships are difficult that fighting is okay as long as it doesn't get too bad and this is simply not true We can have relationships completely without fighting. The only thing that we have to do is to learn how to problem solve, learn how to become partners in our relationship, learn the techniques of communication, compromise, negotiation, brainstorming, 
we can go from problem to solution in our relationships without any of the fighting, without any of the resentment, without any of the defensiveness, if we simply understand the tools and techniques that we need to prevent those things from happening. So this workbook breaks down that process in a very, very simple and easy to understand method. So I broke it down into seven steps and this can be done with any kind of relationship that you have. It can be with your partner. It can be with your your boss. It can be with your neighbor. It's really about understanding how to communicate effectively and how to go through this process and really use the skills that you need to have in order to create healthy relationships. So do you want me to go ahead and and go through them? I really would love to hear this because I'm just going to tell you I am the worst when it comes to this. I shut down. Yes. I don't know how to vocalize my needs and wants in an appropriate way. I I have always like tooted my own horns, so to speak, to say, oh, I have a fuse a mile long. Mm-hmm. But when it blows, look out, it's like the girl flicking the match and implodes her life. If yeah. I could learn how to do this in each of the issues or each of the arguments or each of the conflicts, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to have a, I wouldn't have to say, oh, I have a fuse a mile long. I can tolerate things for days or years or months, whatever. Like I wouldn't have to suffer through it. And so I realized in the last few months that this is not a great thing. It's not a great trait to have that your fuse is a mile long because yes, you have to have grace and patience with other people, but there does come a point where you need to be able to express your own wants and needs. And do it in a healthy way that's not like implode your life. Yes. I mean, the idea is that when we have relationships, we want them to be positive. We want Mm -hmm. them to be happy and connective. I don't think anyone particularly enjoys suffering in relationships. And so if we have the option to have relationships without any of the negativity, without any of the fighting, I think that's the one that we want to choose. So it's not that people enjoy suffering, they just don't know. What is the other option? What do I do in this moment when I'm frustrated? How do I get my partner or my friend or my mom to listen to me? They're not listening. They don't hear me. They don't understand me. How do I work through this? And so the reason that we're suffering, the number one reason that we're suffering and we're not doing what we should be doing is because we're set up for failure. Society doesn't teach us relationship intelligence. We oftentimes don't learn it from our parents. We definitely don't learn it in school. The movies, the TV, the music, they're pieces of entertainment. We should not get them confused with, you know, the, the, the lessons that we're supposed to learn. There should be a warning label that says for entertainment purposes only, you know, all these romance movies and stuff. So if you think about it, you've never been taught, hey, this is the formula that you need to have a successful relationship. It's never been put in front of you. And so that is my mission and my purpose is to put that information in front of as many people as possible so that they can make better decisions and have happier experiences. So when you have a problem in your relationship, the idea is that you want to find a solution and you want to find a solution that works for both people every single time, because it has to be something where you feel satisfied and the other person feels satisfied. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to get exactly what you want in the way that you thought you were going to get it when you started, right? But you feel satisfied with the outcome and the other person feels satisfied as well. 
the first thing that we have to do is to create a safe space. A lot of times we forget or we don't know that the way that we start a conversation significantly impacts the way that we're going to end it. So when, let's say we're in a relationship and I'm trying to tell my husband something when he's running out of the door, it's not the right time. If I'm texting and I'm saying, but you didn't do this and how dare you do that? It's not the right platform, right? It's not the right place. So we have to make sure, are we speaking face-to-face if possible, right? If you need to, you use video chat, but you want to be able to look at the other person, see that eye contact, see their facial gestures, because we can read so much empathy that we can't read when we're texting. Right. We want to make sure that both people are in the same, you know, environment where they're relaxed, they're not stressed. It has to be the right time, the right place, and the right platform. So number one is creating that safe space. This number- is huge. Like yes. <laughs> because for a lot of us, and I'm just saying for myself, like when you have something you want to say, you just say it. Yes. And not thinking, oh, I could hold this. Yes. But yeah. sometimes like, and so that's a process, I think that's a learning process of going from not saying anything at all, like never saying a word and just letting it all be okay to, I'm going to voice my feelings. Like yes. there is, that's a, that's two really big swings in the pendulum. What you're saying is in the middle, like, yeah, you're still going to voice your concern, but you're creating the right time. This is good stuff. All right. On to number two. Yeah. Yes. Because that is the self-management. I feel unsatisfied with something. I want to find a solution. So let me think, let me put my thinking cap on. When is the right time and place and platform to have this conversation so that I can set myself up for success? So that's part of the self-management part. I may feel like bursting out right now, but I have the choice. Do I burst out right now or do I find the appropriate time and place? It does take time. It does take time. Number two is that you have to state the issue in which you want to resolve. Okay. It's really important that we stick to one issue at a time. A lot of times when we have these really frustrating arguments that seem to go on and on, it's because we are talking about 27,000 different things at the same time. So I can bring up an issue with my husband. I can say to him, you know, I, I'm I'm really upset because X, Y, and Z happened. And then all of a sudden we're talking about the birthday last year and why he doesn't pick up his socks and what happened yesterday and the kids and this, and we get off track. And all of a sudden we're talking about so many different things. We're not resolving anything. So we need to focus and say, this is the one thing that we're going to talk about right now. If anything else comes up, we can go ahead and write it down and we can have another conversation at another time, but we want to stick to one issue at a time. Another part of stating the issue is to understand the difference between a complaint and a criticism. This is a game changer. So a complaint is talking about the issue, but taking the person out of it. So if I have an issue with, you know, that the house chores, I'm overwhelmed with the house chores and my husband doesn't help me with the house chores. If I want to make a complaint, I talk about the fact, the deeper level issue I talk about the fact that I'm overwhelmed with the house chores, that I have too much on my plate, that I feel that as a family, we're not as organized as I would like us to be. I don't feel that there's a flow during the day. I don't feel that we have good communication because 
when I ask him to do something, it, it doesn't get done. And so there's a break in communication, but I'm not pointing fingers saying you did this and you're bad and you're always, and you never, because what that's going to do is criticism is going to be an attack. It's a perceived attack. And what happens when I criticize and I attack the other person defends? No, I didn't. No, that didn't happen. What are you talking about? But what about you? You did that, right? And so we're setting ourselves up again for failure. So we want to know the difference between making a complaint and criticizing. So a complaint is a good thing. I'm, you're talking about yourself. I'm dissatisfied because there's something missing for me. Can we find a solution for that? Okay. And what it also does is it brings your partner in because there's no defense wall. So they don't feel the need to defend themselves. You're on the same team working towards the same goal. So if I feel that I'm overwhelmed with the house chores, I could really be thinking in my mind, well, you know, he's not helping me. Right. But in actuality, together as a team, we will figure this out. Okay. Number three is to state the outcome desired. So we have to focus on what are we trying to get to? What is the end goal? Because again, a lot of times when we have arguments, we're venting, we're complaining, we're criticizing, we're defending, we're, we're ranting, right? But there's not actually any resolve going on. So it gets exhausting after a while. And that's why people, you know, they blow up because they say, I can't take it anymore, you know, because we're just going on and on, but nothing is getting done. So we have to state, where are we trying to get to? So again, if I'm criticizing, my desired outcome is that my husband does the house chores or does 50% of the house chores or he does X, Y, and Z. But again, it's not about the criticism. It's about the complaint. I'm overwhelmed with the house chores. What is my desired outcome? That I have more organization in my home, that I have more time for myself, that my husband and I have better communication, that we spend more quality time, we're more organized as a family, right? And so together, we're going to figure out how we can get those things resolved. Okay. I like that. So starting with the, with what is the outcome? Yes. That, that is really good to be able to say, you know, it's not that, you know, you I like the dishes. It's not an issue in my house. My husband is amazing at doing the dishes. If anybody has a complaint about it, it's him for me, but <laughs> it's okay because he loves doing them. So, but it's, what is the outcome? Is that, is that, is the desired outcome? Is it at the end of the night when we go to bed that there's nothing in the sink? doesn't matter who does it or who didn't do it. Like that keeping score thing can really like add up. So I like the fact that you, you pick your desired outcome and you have to, and I would say that, I would think before you start this conversation that some of these things you already kind of need to know before you start it. Mm -hmm. Like if you really, you know, before, if you pause, so to speak, and think about what the conversation is going to be, which pause is always good in every situation for you to think, okay, well, what is my truly desired income? Or am I just mad? Mm Because sometimes you can, I think you can just be mad about something and you have no idea how you want it to be different. Yes. And that's, and that I can totally see how that takes you into the 27 things. Cause you're like, you're just mad and having, and, and women we're hormonal. And sometimes we don't really have a reason why we're mad. <laughs> we, it's usually us. That's always say yeah. when it's everybody else, then you know, it's you. So, all right. We skipped the part on how each views the issue. Yes. So you have to say your perspective. Because you have to understand that when you're in a relationship, again, friends, family, doesn't matter what kind of relationship, 
when you have a relationship with someone, you have to understand that you are two different people having two different experiences. You have to respect the individuality of the other person. So I have my perspective and that is mine to have. I own that. But my husband also has his perspective. He has his experience. He has his viewpoints. So we have to be able to take turns expressing what that is. Because in this step, we're going to practice understanding. Understanding is key to being able to resolve any issue that we have. We're really, really bad at communicating as a society. We're terrible. And I will tell you the number one reason why we're terrible. There are two jobs in a conversation. Let's say we're having a conversation between two people. There are two jobs. Each person needs to pick a job and they need to stick to it until they switch. That is the job of the speaker and the job of the listener. What we tend to do is we both want to be the speaker at the same time. But if we're both the speaker, no one's listening. Communication is over. Okay. So we have to choose, am I the speaker or am I the listener? So if I'm expressing my perspective, that means I'm the speaker. My job is to speak clearly, honestly, respectfully, right? Even if I'm frustrated, even if I'm angry, even I have to treat that person with respect. And if I love them, I have to treat them with love. Okay. As the listener, which is the harder of the two jobs, our job is to listen and actively listen. Active listening means I'm listening with the intent to understand. This doesn't mean that you have to agree with the person. A lot of people think, well, if I understand, that means I agree with you. No, no, no. I can understand that you're telling me that the sky is green. And I can say, okay, I understand you're telling me the sky is green. I understand. I'm able to absorb that information as a matter of a fact, but I believe it's blue, right? So I can understand and disagree at the same time, but we have to listen with the intent to understand. The key to understanding and the key to listening is that you accept what the person is saying as truth, as their truth. Again, that's really hard for us to do because when you're in conversation with someone, especially when you have a close relationship with someone, you have to respect that this is this person's perspective. I can completely disagree. I have my own perspective. That's fine. But I need to understand where you're coming from, what it is that you're trying to tell me and accept that this is your truth. So this is how we communicate. Okay. So each person says their perspective. They explain how they view the issue, what their experience is. And we need to make sure that we take turns. That is good. Like, I was just, as you were talking, I was like, I want to take so many notes right now because this is like just that. I think with one is learning how to be respectful in all situations with some relationships. And I I have no problem being respectful, but others, not so much. So Mm -hmm. anyway, but I think that 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 is something that if we put that into place in all relationships and all issues, Despite what you think about the other person, it will, I think it would serve us all better. All right. Mm -hmm. So, number five possible solutions. Yes. So, this is where the teamwork comes in. We need to think about what are some possible solutions for this issue. When we get into argument, a lot of times we think, well, I want one thing and you want another. And so we fight. Give me what I want. No, give me what I want. No, I'm right. No, I'm right. We forget that there are so many other possibilities. There aren't just two, right? So when I have this issue about being overwhelmed with the house chores, if I go to my husband and say, I need you to 
do 50% of the house chores, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm upset and I don't have time to do this and that. That's what I need you to do. I'm entering the conversation thinking that there's only one solution to my problem, but there's thousands of solutions. So together as a team, we can brainstorm different solutions, possible solutions for this issue. So if I'm overwhelmed with the house chores, what can we do? No, we, can, we can put it on a list. And that's why I have that beautiful worksheet so that you can put all these ideas down. I would say, try to put 20, 25 ideas to solve your issue, possible solutions. Because when you work with your partner, hopefully you have picked someone that is inspiring and smart and creative. And you are also smart and creative, but in different ways. And that is where the teamwork comes in because it's not just the ideas that you can come up with, but also what they can come up with and what you can come up with as a couple. So I love this 20 solutions. Yes. I mean, just sitting down and making a list of the solutions versus just spewing things out. Because if you do put it on paper, then you both see it. Yeah. And you can can both go back to that. All right. Good stuff. So I, I call them possible solutions because we don't want to start arguing about that. Well, that's not going to work, but how are we going to do that? How are we going to, no, 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 no. We take a breath, we relax and we put our creative cap on and we just go ahead and write down as many possible. So it doesn't matter if it's going to work or how we're going to do it. Just let the ideas flow. It's like the artistic flow. So I can say we can make a cleaning chart. We can do a sort of exchange where we cut the neighbor's grass and they come in and mop our floor or something like that. We can get the kids to do it, to help out. We can get a cleaner. We could do a cleaning party where every Saturday, the whole family gets dressed up in funny costumes and we all clean the house to our favorite music. And when we finish, we have an amazing brunch, right? So we're thinking about all these creative ideas, different ideas, who cares if it's going to work or not work. Right now, it's just about letting those ideas flow. The next step is to pick one. And this is going to be the one we think may possibly solve the issue. Again, we don't want to put so much stress about what is the one and only solution. We say, out of these 2025, what what one do we want to try first? We put that one into practice. Let's say that we get the cleaner. We put it into practice for about 30 days. Depending on the situation, you pick a time frame. We're going to go ahead and have a cleaner come in for four weeks, twice a week. At the end of those four weeks, we do the last step, which is very important. (laughs) We have to do the last step, which is we check in. We check in and we start again from creating that safe space. And we talk about how do you feel? Are you happy with the solution? Is it working? Do you want to keep trying it? Is it not working? If it's working, poof, you solved your problem. It has to work for both people. But if it does, you've solved your problem. If it doesn't, guess what? You have 24 more things to try. So you keep doing it again. Does it work? Yes. Perfect. It doesn't work. Okay, let's try something else. Doesn't work. Try something else. Doesn't work. Try something else. This is problem solving. We really have to understand that problems are a part of life, whether they're in your relationship or outside like a pandemic or a job loss or a death in the family. Problems are a part of life. No one is immune to them. So we have to get comfortable with problems. I always say that problems are not the problem. It's the inability to solve them 
in a relaxed, compassionate, loving way that allows us to suffer. If you have a problem that comes in and you and your partner work through it like this, in your practice understanding, active listening, brainstorming, compromise, negotiation, you can use those problems to actually make your relationship stronger. This happened with my husband and I. We had my husband's niece. One day, we had no idea. One day, we get a phone call that she has a brain tumor. She's 12 years old, lives in a different country. It was on a Tuesday. She was getting surgery, I think, on a Thursday. We had to drop everything. We're both entrepreneurs. We had to drop everything, cancel our appointments, find a last-minute flight, last-minute hotel, spend all this money that we didn't save for, and go on top of this crisis that you know maybe something is going to happen to her because brain surgery, you know, and and the stress and the sadness and all that. It was really difficult, a really sad experience to have. But I will say that when that happened, my relationship got stronger. Because we looked at each other and said, right, let's do this. What do we have to do first? Okay, we have to get a plane. We have to get a hotel. We're going to you know, go see the family. How are you feeling? Are you okay? Is there any way I can support you? Is there anything I can do for you? You know, What are we going to do with our dog? And calling family members together on the phone, working together as a team, because we cannot make her brain tumor disappear. We can't guarantee that the surgery is going to go okay. But what we can do is focus, work together as a couple, support one another, manage our emotions in a way that is going to benefit us and go through this process in the end, really using the power of our relationship to make this beautiful life for ourselves. That, you know, I have just sitting here thinking like this for someone is going to be life-changing. Second, I think you just gave about $10,000 worth of coaching or, <laughs> or I would say, you know, when you're counseling, when people go to see a counselor and the, you, you have to go in and, and, and it's, if you, you know, the listeners, I know if you've ever been to counseling, you go in and like, okay, what is the one issue we're going to talk about today? I can remember when I first started going to counseling many, many years ago, but I have like 27,000, like you said, I had this long list of all the things I needed to talk about. Well, what's the one thing? Well, one thing is not going to help, but it does one by one and strengthening a relationship by working through each one through your seven step process. Like, I really think I can see how that could really build a relationship to where each issue, as you go through it, it gets easier and easier. And so I think this has been really good. So I'm going to make sure in the show notes that we have this workbook so the listeners can download it and then know how to get in touch with you. But on your website, you have this really cool movie. It's called What is Love? And so I'm going to do something different that we've never done on the show before is I'm going to have the listeners just sit and listen because the vi- the movie that's on your website has no words. It's just music. But I'd like for them to sit and think about all the things that you just said, maybe write down some issues that they really need to work on, or maybe a relationship they need to work on. And I'm going to, I think the video or the movie is about two and a half minutes long. So I'm going to play it and let the listeners just sit for a minute because there was a lot of information that we just gave them to process and maybe let them jot some notes down. And then when the video is over, I want you to tell them about how they can work with you one-to-one. How's that sound? Perfect. All right. So let's see. Let me make sure I can do this. 
freedom. So good. So I hope everyone sat down for a second and just really contemplated some of your relationships, some of your big issues, some of the things that you've really not been able to communicate and try to use this technique to communicate them and see how it how it works out. I think that we'll all be better people by doing it. So tell us a little bit about your master course or your master class and how they can go through the power couple course with you. Yes. So I run the Power Couple PhD program. It's the world's first couples program that utilizes relationship intelligence to really allow couples to create the thriving relationships that they deserve. As I have said, we have been set up for failure. Unfortunately, we are in a time where we're simply suffering because of ignorance. And it really breaks my heart to see couples that love each other, that care about each other, that want to be happy, but they're fighting, they're bored, there's secrecy, there's anger, there's disappointment. And this is simply not enough. It's not enough. We have to live the lives that we deserve. Exciting relationships, amazing sex, quality time, compassion, all those reasons why we get into the relationship in the first place. So with the Power Couple PhD program, I teach couples the exact formula for success. We've been able to research relationships on a scientific level. We do understand what the formula for success is. It's not a mystery. Sometimes people think because relationships are complicated and they involve emotions that, you know, they're just this sort of mystery, but we have been able to study them scientifically and there is a concrete formula for success. So when couples go through this Power Couple PhD program, it's, I'm not teaching you rocket science. I'm not teaching you brain surgery. You know, it's really easy to follow instructions. They're really easy concepts to understand, but they take dedication and hard work. They take consciousness, decision-making, and every single day saying, I deserve this. I deserve a thriving relationship with myself, with my partner, with my family. And this is the life that I'm going to live. I'm going to be in a power couple relationship and have a power family and a power community where we're living on purpose. We're not simply just waking up in the morning and brushing our teeth and eating breakfast and then going to bed. We are living a purposeful life that feels fulfilling, exciting, joyful, connective, It's really out there for everyone to have. It's just about getting the right information and knowing exactly what to do and exactly how to create that thriving relationship. I just really think that it's going to be, it's an amazing course. Like I just reading about it and 
learning about you more about you and starting to get to know you a little bit. I just know that like even here in your history and, you know, and it's similar to when people ask me, well, how can you be a health coach? How can you help me lose weight? Well, because I've been there. Like I've had the struggle. I had the struggle for a long time and then I've overcome that. And now that makes me a more empathetic coach. And I also, because I've done the work, same thing with you. You've, you, you started out in a situation and you've turned a bad situation into an amazing opportunity to change the world. And I'm just so honored that you were here today. And this has been so fun. And I know that we're all going to use those seven steps and I'm challenging the listeners to use them, sit down with this, this workbook and really work through it. And then make sure that you reach out to Riley and just say, Hey, how can I work with you? Because I think that I need some help in this area. So thank you very much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Sister, could you relate? Did you feel that woman inside of you just trying to break free? If so, then we need to be friends. Head on over to the Facebook and send me a friend request. I'll actually accept it. You'll get my daily healthy eating recipes and see all the fun I have living a larger life in my smaller body. And you may even get a laugh or two over me and my 50 plus chickens. I proudly claim the crazy chicken lady title. Plus, you might get some guarding tips on growing your own healthy meals. You'll quickly fall in love with my chocolate lab Brady and one of my mini cats. You'll also see that I am a lipstick-loving, coffee-drinking mom, wife, and Jesus freak. Can't wait to see you over on Facebook. And more importantly, I really want to hear your thoughts on the show. I want to see your written reviews. Take 60 seconds and leave me a written review and then screenshot it and go on Instagram and tag me so I can give you a proper thank you for your review. If you're already thinking I might be the coach from you, you can go ahead and schedule a free appointment with me at coachkeitha.com. And how you spell Keitha is K-E-A-T-H-A, coachkeitha.com. You can find all my social links in the show notes as well as my website link. Thanks again for listening to my show. I'll see you on the battlefield. Until next time.